What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Planeswalkers Anonymous, the magic podcast that teaches you how to do a Rubik's Cube very slowly. I'm your host, Duncan Day, and I'm joined this week, as every week, by my brother Donovan. Donovan, we're on episode 75. How's it coming so far? So are we teaching them? Are we slowly teaching them? Or are we teaching them to do it slowly? Are, don't those sentences mean the same thing? No. We're teaching them to do it slowly. And we're slowly teaching them to do it. But like, at the are are we doing this process slowly, or at the end result going to be teaching them to do a process and then doing that process slowly? Ah, uh, well, I think the explanation for that may may be um, built into to the fact that we're on episode seventy five, and I think that our uh, longtime listeners, or at least very like listeners that pay a lot of attention every episode, will probably know that so far we have given no steps on how to do a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, I was kind of leaning in that direction, but it could have been both. I mean, it could still be both. <laughs> I guess in order to make just a little bit of progress on this, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, the first thing you should do is uh, solve one side of the Rubik's Cube. We did it, team. <laughs> that may seem obvious. Uh, then you solve a second side, right? No, actually, you do not. I know. Um... But I'm going to say there's lots of little tips and tricks in order to make that first side. Duncan, I'm only ever able to get three sides done. I can't ever get fourth. Yeah, that's how a Rubik's Cube works. Uh, I know. (laughs) Kidding. Yeah, there's like all kinds of tips and tricks we could we could talk about for how to get that first side. But really, it's not too hard to do one side. The main thing that people need to know in order to get this all correct is that, uh, when you do when you do one side, you're actually not just doing that side. Each of those pieces has multiple faces, so you need to do the whole layer. So, like if you twist your Rubik's cube so that that one side you're working on is a yeah, it's out like of sync with the others. Each of each of the faces on that side need to have correct spots. It's not just the side needs to all be one color. Right. They need to be in the right correct correct spots on that side. Right. Like for example, if you were working on say the blue side, uh, then the the piece that is that is a blue and white cube like as a blue face and a white face needs to be on the blue face facing the blue side and the white face facing the white side or you have it incorrect even if all of the blue side is blue does that make sense yeah okay anyway we're not actually gonna gonna spend time talking about a Rubik's cube and stuff well I mean I guess we have done just not a lot of time <laughs> sure uh we we're talking uh, this week about the new mechanics for uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. But before we get to that stuff, um, we got to take a moment to appreciate Boardwalk Games in North Dallas. Am I right? Yes. What's up? We do. Fantastic store. We just need to give them... It's my store. What? Yes. It's mine. Oh, you said it's mine. I thought you said it's a nice store. I was like, are you correcting me from fantastic? Like, well... Not fantastic. It's just nice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Not so far as nice, man, Donovan. I'm trying to, to you know, uh, uh, I'm saying I wouldn't go store. so far as to correct you, but I guess you can take it the rude way. No, Boardwalk is a fantastic place. So it's where I get all of my magic cards. It's where I get most of my magic cards. <laughs> Some of your magic cards. Actually, it's the only place I've gotten magic cards recently. Um, True, but that's still less than. 50% of the magic cards you own. Well, yes, but I, I'm, I'm speaking as in, like, where I get my magic cards as in, like, 
the 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 activity of getting magic cards like is exclusively done as boardwalk at boardwalk currently the magic cards that i own primarily came into my possession before boardwalk existed so yeah that's no. not really fair <laughs> uh but boardwalk is a fantastic place to get your magic cards if you are looking to pick up singles dice even board games uh, you can get all of your magic cards, accessories, and some other gaming equipment and, well, just games at boardwalk-games.com. Or, if you happen to be local in the DFW area in Texas, you can come into the store in North Dallas and uh, say hi to Donovan. Hey, that's me. I mean, probably. Donovan's there most of the time. If he's not, I, I suggest waiting. That's fair. Just just wait in the store. I'll show up. Yeah. Uh but if you know you go if you, if you don't want to get out, you don't want to go all the way to Dallas, and you've already bought all of your singles on boardwalk-games.com. You can also head over to Patreon, and you can find Donovan there. Sort of, not really. Donovan's not there, but you can get me. Often, I've been there. You can find me on Patreon. You can find the show on Patreon. You can get in touch with Donovan, sort of in a circuitous route that way, and. uh you, you can help make this show happen at patreon.com slash planeswalkers. Next week we're going to do the intro and we're going to say podcast all about ways to contact Donovan. <laughs> is, is that what we did this week? Apparently. Uh, a, another way you can get in touch with Donovan, sort of, is if you join our giveaways. Uh, one, one of the ways you get into the giveaway is by completing our survey, which will get information to Donovan. There's a couple of uh, essay answer spaces on there. You could put anything you want in there, and that will probably get to Donovan, especially if it's particularly uh, noteworthy. I'm going to go fill out the survey and just put in a bunch of dick emojis. You do that. Um, <laughs> but if if our listeners want to do the survey, they can find that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash planeswalkers. And in our About Us area there's a bit about our giveaways and you can find the surveys there if you enter our survey for free then you if you enter our survey if you do our survey for free that enters you into our giveaway uh but you could also just sign up for the patreon join us there and you will get automatically entered into all of our giveaways which include a monthly giveaway where we give away all the cards that we opened up on the show which is pretty cool because we open up a pack every episode I think we're going to do a, is it a jumpstart pack this episode, Donovan? Or did you want one yeah. of the other ones? No, I don't care. Cool, cool. We're going to open up a one of these new jumpstart packs this week. Uh, also, though, if you were here last week or, you know, you just happened to listen to the episode that we released last week, we're also doing a couple other things. We've got some secret layers that you can get uh, by either rating us on, leaving us a review on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I guess. Or uh, if you check out our Facebook page, like us there, and do our survey, you can be entered to get one of these foil secret layer drops. So the uh, Strixhaven Showcase secret layer and the Full Text Land secret layer that we're going to be giving away at the end of this month and next month. Strixhaven one's the one tied to Facebook, right? And the yes. Lands is the... Yep. If you check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Planeswalkers Anonymous, cool. you can... Figure out how to get that Strixhaven showcase. That's the picture I put with the post. Nice. Secret layer, and if you uh, 
review our show on Apple Podcasts, and you can get that full-text lands secret layer. But for now, this week, we've got a pack of Jumpstart to open up and take a look at before we move on. Is that right? Yeah. Let's do that. Oh, crap. This Jumpstart pack is, like, extra tough. Yeah, there's a wrapper on the inside there for you to... So that you can open the wrapper around it and still have it sealed with the faction revealed. Right. So we've got a Vampires. Ooh, that sounds like it could be good. I have no idea what's in these. I have... Hopefully an Exquisite Blood, right? Those are like 50 bucks. Yeah? Alright. Well, let's find out. But... They're semi-randomized, so... Here we go! We've got a... I don't know if this isn't really a token. Vampire's cover card. has a magic yeah, card. Like the Vampire's action card. Action card. Just... What I call them. I don't it's know. interesting that it has a magic back to me, because, like... Mm-hmm. What, it well, it's just printed on the same sheet as the rest of the cards in the pack. Yeah. Um, and then there's... So these. this is ordered with the rares in front, so I'm gonna... I'm going to skip to the back, and it looks like, ooh, yeah. we got okay. Swamp. Can I see the Can I see the Jumpstart Swamp? Yeah. That's the Jumpstart one? Oh, uh, yes. Cool. Yep, that's the Jumpstart one. Yeah, mostly M21 Swamps, and then one Jumpstart that's, Swamp. Each of the factions has a basic that's got an art special to that faction oh, on it, well, yeah. that's got the Jumpstart Set logo. It just looks like it's just like a little graveyard thing for uh, vampires. I think it's like a castle. Okay. Uh, shadowy. Then we got a Gloom Sewer. Sewer? It sounded like I said sewer. That's a 8-6. Man, that's a big, big old boy. I think it makes them lose life when it attacks, too. Yep. Yeah. It drains for two. They lose two, you gain two. Uh, it does cost seven mm-hmm. to play, though. Bit rough. No, it's a, it was like a reanimator target for standard. Then we got a Vampire Neonate. A Thriving Moor. I'm familiar with this card. Enters tapped. As it enters battlefield, you choose a color other than black, and it taps to add one black or one man in color. Yeah, that's a cycle of lands they put they made for Jumpstart. Yeah. Where you got one of the color of your pack where you got to choose another color. That way if your pack came with you got you took a black pack and a red pack, you'd right. have two red black duels because yeah. you'd have that's one good. one way and one the other. That seems like a pretty good card design act. Mm-hmm. I think they're cool. Yeah. They're popular to play in Commander too. So. And we've got a nocturnal feeder. Also a last gasp Sorry, the cards. We've got an agonizing siphon. Yeah. And a sanguine entrance. Okay. And our uncommons include a singer vampire, a gifted etherborn. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah. And it's like not super valuable, but it's a very good card. I think this is going to turn out to be a good pack. We've got a blood bond vampire. Alrighty. And a silver smoke. And our rare is a sangromancer. Okay. Unfortunate. And an exquisite. There we go. Got the money. We got the money card. So you said that's like a fifty dollar card. I think so. Might be like forty. But... Still, that's that's a pretty good pull to drop yeah. into our monthly giveaway. So that's uh. That's why we do it, folks. Yeah. Tribute good cards to our listeners, right? Uh, just kind of think it's uh. I thought it'd be nice as like part of our Patreon thing to be able to give people like I don't know a pack of cards each episode or whatever you know, but like it's way more fun if we get to look at them. So, our while listeners I don't know may or may not prefer. Also, though, like 
it's more exciting to hear about a chance to get an exquisite blood than a jumpstart pack, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, that's that was kind of the next thing I was gonna say. I was like, well, some of our listeners might prefer to get their get unopened packs so they can open them up themselves and like, you know, have that fun. Like people who aren't already interested in being in the giveaway and getting some free packs will be way more likely to join because there's an exquisite blood on offer than because there's a jumpstart pack. Yeah. But if you want an opportunity to win these, you can go over to our Patreon and either, you know, join our Patreon, which is the ideal thing from our perspective, or you can uh, just do the survey that's there in our Patreon description, and that'll that'll also get you an opportunity to win this. And I think like we discussed last week, uh, we, the pool of people in these is pretty limited right now, so you got a really high chance of actually winning the giveaway just by getting in it with an entry or two. Uh, but I think that's a... Uh, that's all we've got to do before our topic this week, Norman. I think last week we spent like 20 minutes or so before we actually got to the main event. Uh, this week... Well, if we want to waste some more time, we can talk about the Magic Tournament I went to on Saturday. Yeah, tell me about it. Speaking of time wasters. That's, that's right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I went and played in the 10K on Saturday, and it was I had fun because playing really competitive Magic is my favorite hobby. Mm-hmm. Like... I enjoy magic, but I really enjoy playing at a high level, and I'm not good enough to be on the pro tour. So um, I was about to say you like to pull is, the noobs, and then you're like, "But I'm not good enough." <laughs> so, so this is why I'm I'm gonna hang out at these open entry events, right? But uh, it they had some issues with pairing software, and it just continued to cause issues all day long. And I got there at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And left at one thirty in the morning. Oh, that's so it was a long day of playing Magic. Yeah, I mean, but did you play Magic most of the day? I played Magic for a large part of the day. Because like you had just you had eight rounds, right? And mm-hmm. you were there what like fifteen hours? Uh, three fifteen sixteen. <laughs> that's a long yeah. That's like an hour for each round, and actually rounds a little less, a little under an hour, but say like an hour for each round, and an hour between every round. Well, it took them two and a half hours to get started. Still. And, you know, it, it was interesting, but I had fun, made top 16, got paid to play Magic. Yeah. Met some people in a dark parking garage and bought Magic cards off of them. <laughs> sure, was that, uh... Related to the event, or was it because you... No, I just was sitting there talking to the person sitting next to me in the last round, and I just agreed to meet them in a dark parking garage and give them $1,000. So, <laughs> you know, it's a miracle I'm still alive. Right. But uh, it's okay. I waited till they had all their friends there so that they weren't alone. <laughs> they, you had to make sure they felt safe about this. Yeah. True. But uh, it sounds like you got some cool product for Boardwalk. Yeah, I... I don't normally buy booster packs off of people on the street mm-hmm. for the shelves at Boardwalk, but they had a, they had Modern Masters 2015 packs, and it was unopened case, not even, like, unopened boxes. It was, like, a case that was unopened. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, depends on what they want for it, you know? Sure. And they got it in a raffle where, or not, like, kind of a raffle thing, where there are two people each paid, like, 800 bucks to to flip a coin, and whoever wins the coin flip gets the case. Wow. I would not have done that. Yeah, uh, she said that she does that way too much. Okay. But, well, I, I, she's like, she said, it would be a problem, but 
so far it hasn't actually caused me any financial issues. It's like, I mean, if you're having fun and it's not causing you actual problems, I guess gambling's okay. Yeah, no, you know? I don't actually have a like, problem with gambling on principle. I, I guess I envy somebody the opportunity, like, if they have the kind of resources to spend that way, that's fine. I just, I've never been in that position myself. Yeah, but it was, it was interesting, and, uh, but they seemed like a nice person. We did some trading and stuff before that. And we hung out there for an hour while we were waiting on standings after the tournament was over. Yeah. So, like, it, they they seemed legit. I mean, that's that's how people, like, scammers work, though. So, like, who knows? Yeah. But then it turned out okay. Like, I got the stuff. No one mugged me. Sure. Opened it up. It is real. <laughs> but. Moving on! How, how, did, or how, how did you do? I know you said you got top 16, but, like, what was your record? Um, Six and two. Six and two. It was actually really fun. Um, I did the whole O2, and I almost dropped. I, I um, like I don't normally O2 drop. Yeah. I normally O2 play the rest of the day just because I enjoy playing Magic. But since like I O2'd and we're at it's like four o'clock in the afternoon at this point. Right. I was kind of like, hmm, maybe I just want to go home. Yeah. Then I told myself, you know what? I'll go home after I lose one more, and then I didn't. Well, that's that's how you do. It. You need that motivation. Went on a six win win streak. You uh, kicked yourself into high gear there. Like, oh, if I lose another one, then I'm out of here. I gotta I gotta win. Yep. All right. Or it's just karma coming back to bite me, and I'm just like, man, I'd really like to go home, but I can't really justify it if I don't lose one more. So could, just didn't get to lose anymore. Go home and take a break. <laughs> All right. And you were and you were playing the Yogmoth bargain deck. No, not Yogmoth's Bargain. Yogmoth Thran Physician. Oh, okay. Like actual Yogmoth, not one of his his spells. Yogmoth's Will? Is that a card? No, that is a card. That one's much out of my price range right now. <laughs> All right, and uh, did did you ever put in the like Wall of Flowers or whatever? No, I don't play Wall of Roots. Wall of Roots. Yeah. Wall of Roots is for people who want to win, <laughs> or apparently not. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to win. <laughs> I wanted to go home. Sure. Cool. Um, I did feel really dumb, though, because I wanted to put an obstinate bailoff in my sideboard. Yeah. After I talked to somebody I know that plays the deck a bit more than I have. And then I couldn't find mine. And so I was like, well, I guess that's fine. And I got to the venue and I asked all the, the vendors there if they had an obstinate bailoff. And none of them did. And round eight, as I was talking to my... Uh, compatriot that i ended up buying those cards from yeah and i got out my legacy deck and we we're talking about that and there's like three obstinate bailoffs in the sideboard for that deck <laughs> and i was like oh fuck that's where they were found them like, i knew i owned this card yep i mean at least you found them yeah sure and i can have them for next time i play the deck right i didn't play against burn all day so i didn't need it but i also didn't use the third collective brutality that i put in that spot did not even side that card in so you made the correct sideboard decision for the event, though. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Alright. Um, I don't think I have any more questions. Alright, well, we can go on to what we were actually planning on talking about. I just wanted to brag a bit. No, so no, I, I remember that. When, you, when you were telling me about your event at like right afterwards, I was like, oh man, we, sh we should bring that up on the show because that sounds like a ridiculous event. And like your 0-2-6 wins in a row streak is pretty yeah. good, too. 
be more impressive if I did six wins in the beginning. Would it? Yeah, because then I wouldn't be playing against people who are undefeated instead of people with two losses. Yeah, but I mean, if you went six wins and then lost, lost at the end, that's like a fairly typical trajectory. You know, that's not that's that crazy. But going o two and then meteoric rise, less of a story, but more impressive in my opinion. All right, but this is that whole like every time you go o two at a tournament, you're like, I'd have to win the rest of the day to get anything, right? Uh, but, so, you know, you might as well stop. You can win the rest of the demo. Apparently you can. Well, you can if you're Donovan. <laughs> this this is why, though, I always stick it out in tournaments where I'm losing, is yeah. so that I have the endurance to keep playing Magic at round eight. Sure. Apparently at midnight sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I heard the top eight lasted until four o'clock in the morning, so. That's a nightmare, Donovan. Yeah, no, if I'd made top eight, I would have agreed to split. However, the person that I played round one that was in the top eight, he was telling me, he's like, no, we're playing it all the way out if I'm still in. So that guy at least would not have let us split. And I would have been fine with it. I would have been okay with playing. But I also would have been like, if y'all want to go home, I'm fine with going home. Why do you think that guy wanted to to force everyone to stay until like four o'clock in the morning? Uh, probably because he's one of those, he, he... He did seem to legitimately enjoy playing Magic. Yeah. And then on top of that, he's kind of seemed like one of those people that's like, everybody else wants to go home and I don't, so I feel like I'm going to play better than them and have a better shot at the two and a half grand rather than 600 bucks. I guess. I mean, you know? it's fine, whatever. It's like, it, I it's take within the, the rules the safe money, to, to but... behave that way, so like you can't hold it against someone, right? It's like, I, I, I play a lot, a lot of video games these days. I play more video games than I do Magic, but... Like, I play a game, and people will be complaining about the strategy some, someone on the other team is using, you know? I'll be whining about it. I'm like, dude, it's that's that's in the game. That is an option they have. If you think it sucks that they're doing that, that means that it's good. So why wouldn't they do it, you know? Like, I don't know. If, if, if it's actually not okay for someone to do, then it should be against the rules. But... I.e. a ban list in Magic. Right. right. Things that are not okay get banned. Unless it's Commander, but that's not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, Commander's just nonsense. Or Standard, I guess? Yeah, Standard is the one where they just don't ban things that are a problem. Well, you know, they do ban the things that are a problem. They just decide they do it six months later. And Jace the Mind Sculptor, Oko, or all these blue cards. Man, don't you just hate blue cards? And in Commander, they're just incredibly inconsistent. It, it really seems like Commander is just run by completely by whim it it literally is that's actually true anyway are you ready to uh talk about some cards that are ready to get banned for standard i thought we were going to talk about some mechanics oh right mechanics not specific cards okay i won't bring up any of the examples then that's what i thought bitch (laughs) no so uh we actually haven't talked about midnight hunt like at all on the show yet uh, I think a, a big part of that is just that we we've barely had time to cover everything between. Yeah, it's uh this set's coming a little quicker than normally happens, and on top of that, they released Modern Horizons in between these sets too. Yeah, so it was just like set set release one month, set release the next month, set release the next month. Yeah, and and since we have like our little schedule now that says like oh we need to talk about uh this set and we need to talk about 
this the storyline for this set and and everything like that. We like haven't had any just open space where like oh what's going on what's in, what's in the news and stuff you know. Um, mm-hmm. So like we we haven't mentioned uh, Midnight Hunt, but it's it's coming up. We're gonna have the um, I guess our like review episode next weekend or next week. Yeah, once we have the whole list of cards, right? And then we're going to have a pre-release the following the following weekend, and uh, then we'll be talking about our first impressions and everything. So we like to talk about like what the mechanics of the set are. It, before we get to the card review, because our card review takes so long that we don't also want to spend a lot of time explaining how these new mechanics work. We usually read the rules text for it at least once during the show, uh, but what we want to do is spend some time talking about those things now and put that out there so that you'll understand how these work before we dive into our like card-by-card sort of approach. Yeah, and covering any questions that are at least obvious enough that we think of them. Right. Uh Speaking of questions, though, if there's anything that we didn't explain or that you don't understand uh, based on this stuff before we get to the the card-by-card episode, shoot us an email at planeswalkerspod at gmail.com, and uh, we'll try to answer those for you. Yeah. So, Donovan, uh, what's what's new in Innistrad Midnight Hunt? Well, it looks like they decided to... Revi- like the starting thing here is they decided to revise how werewolves work. Yeah. Um. So they're bringing back transform cards. Mm-hmm. Um. They were they were I think technically out of standard because they had modal double face cards instead. Yeah. Um. But they're gonna um they're bringing back actual transform cards. So these are cards that are gonna enter on one side and be able to transform to the other during gameplay. Sure. Versus the modal double face cards that you just enter on one side or the other, but not you don't flip them back and forth. Right. And a lot of these ones don't go back and forth, but they do. But a lot of them will flip one way or the other. And the ones that we're going to talk about right here, specifically the werewolves, are intended to go back and forth because they're trying to represent these characters transforming into creatures at night and right transforming back. Right. Sure. Um. So it's it's basically though the same. Thing as previous Innistrad sets with werewolves, but they wanted to give you the ability to have them to to keep all of the um cre- the werewolves synced up creatures wise, whether they're humans or werewolves, mm-hmm. rather than having like some one way and some the other. Right. So they they in they created this like game state scenario called day or night mm-hmm. to tie it to, and they just made it so that if they made this mechanic daybound and nightbound that's going to introduce that to the game or um i think there's like another couple cards that specifically say it becomes day or it becomes night right. right um and once that happens the rest of the game it will be day or night you can't go back to this nebulous time period sure i think <laughs> you have to follow that one way or the other and the way it transforms automatically between day and night is going to be like the old werewolves, where it's going to be during if it's if it is daytime. If uh, nobody casts a spell during a turn, mm-hmm. the next turn will become night. Right. And if it's nighttime, if a player casts two spells, the next turn it will become day. Mm-hmm. And then the way this mechanic works is daybound creatures and cards with daybound or nightbound are going to enter the battlefield as whichever side it is currently on the 
battlefield. So if it's daytime, your creature's going to enter on the day side. If it's nighttime, these creatures will enter on the night side of the card. Right. So you can actually have them enter on the nightbound side, mm-hmm. which is different from the old werewolves where you had to give them a play on their front side and then get them to flip. Right. I think in original Innistrad, they talked about doing something like this. They They talked about how in the card design for the werewolves, they wanted to represent the day and night shift, uh, but they couldn't find a good way to do that because then it creates this thing you have to track about whether the game is in a day day period or a night period. And and they said that it would uh, just be bad for the game to create this additional tracking thing that serves no real purpose, but you have to keep track of as you play the game. And I don't see how that has changed. It hasn't. <laughs> they just don't care anymore because they care more about whether things work on Arena than how it plays in paper now. Right. And on Arena. And since Arena can track that for you. Yeah. So. Also, though, on the other side of this, because I'm going to complain about these, just for- foreshadow, forewarn here. I What? Duncan doesn't like double-faced cards. <laughs> I'm going to complain. Uh, no one's surprised, but Duncan. on the other hand. Or on the other side. On the other side. Yeah, sure. On the night side of this, or day side, I guess this is a good thing. Um, I do actually think it is cool and better that they you can have things enter on the night side if it is nighttime. Like, that yeah. works flavorfully, and it's a cool uh, thing you can take advantage of playing the cards. So I think that's really cool, that, it, that when it's night, you can play stuff, and it comes into play already as the night side version of it. That That's cool. That's better. Um, but this tracking, whether it's day or night, separately from what state the cards are in. You know, the cards depend on that state rather than that state being determined by how your cards are. I yeah, think it's not great. And yeah, I agree. Because the, the only real problem I have with it is the if one of these cards dies mm-hmm. and it's no longer in play, you don't have any daybound or nightbound cards, you still have to keep track of it. Because if a card comes into play later that has this, you need to know what it is now. Right. You know? Right. So the example they have in the in the rules document is this Tavern Ruffian. Uh, it's like a 2-5 for a red and 3. Yeah. And he, the Tavern Ruffian is daybound. And that's it. It's just a, a daybound 2-5, right? Transforms into a uh, nightbound 6-5. Uh, but... Whatever. That's that's actually none. Most of that's not important. I'm saying if you have a tavern ruffian in play, uh, then it becomes day, right? And then your opponent, I don't know, like power word kills your tavern ruffian. Uh, doesn't matter. Could you could not play any more wearables the rest of the game? You still have to change that day night card or whatever you're using to track day night every time it changes. Yeah. Um. And just to be clear for anyone, if you don't, if it's not day or night, when you play one of these cards, that's it, you're going to have it enter on, with the daybound side face up, and it will become daytime right. in your game. Yeah. If it's not already one of these things. Yeah. Um, I also... Then the, the, the last caveat I have about this that I, of things I don't like about it is it does not explain this as far as I can tell on like any of the cards. Yeah. Yep. The cards... So the cards do say on them uh how like the transition from day to how night to change works. it from one to the so, other like the daybound cards have uh uh what is that reminder text that says like you know if a player casts no spells during their own turn it becomes night the next turn right so it has that 
but then the card doesn't tell you what that means. It's like, it becomes night, or it becomes day. Okay, fantastic. I'm sitting here as a brand new player, open up my, my first pack of cards for the set or whatever. I'm trying to figure out how this game works. Like, it becomes day or it becomes night. Congratulations, card? I don't, like... Yeah, they just don't... They don't want Magic players to be able to learn the game themselves anymore. They don't say... Which is funny, considering that's how you and I did it. Right. Like, they don't say on the we card did, that they know, transformed. We didn't know anybody who played or anything. You just got some cards, and you're like, hey, let's learn to play this. Right. And, and that that's just annoying to me. Um, I, I understand why they didn't do it. And when I say I understand, I mean that I... Like, I know what their reasoning is. Um, I don't... I don't agree with it, even to the point of saying, like, oh, well, I get it. Like, no, I, I don't. It's it, They don't want to put too much text on the card. You know, they don't want to fill up this this entire text box with, and then it, then this means this, and this can do this, and that can do that. They want to get it as uh, concise as possible, concise. right? Mm-hmm. But the card doesn't even say that it transforms. Yeah. It ha- it's a double-faced card, different things on different sides, does not say that it transforms. Yeah, you're just expected to know what daybound and nightbound mean. Yep, and that's awful. But for players, if it helps any um, to cue whether it's a transform card or a modal double face card, the transform cards have a little reminder about what's on the backside on the bottom right, mm-hmm. whereas modal double face cards have it on the bottom left. Oh, that's a, a fine detail that I hadn't picked up on. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, or at least thus far. Right. And um, another, like, minor niggle that I have with this is that the Daybound and Nightbound cards cannot be transformed in in other ways. So cards like, it's even is listed here in, in this document specifically, but cards like Moon Mist, which just said to transform oh, all yeah, humans. Oh, yeah, transform all humans. Yeah. Um, Daybound and Nightbound cards can't transform if it's not... The correct time. Right. So, and, and like, it doesn't really matter. It's not a big deal. Um, I just think that a, cards like Moon Mist are interesting, you know? So that's why we're going to build a deck with um, Moon Mist and Dress Down in it and these Nightbound cards. And we're going to get some of these Daybound and Nightbound cards on the battlefield on the wrong time frame. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do what we can to, to break the system. Well, yep. Can we do this on Arena? Can we crash Arena with this combo? I don't think Moon Mist is... Or Dress Down, either one is on Arena. Darn. There are cards that make things lose abilities on Arena, so we could do that. But I don't think Moon Mist is on there. Well, I'm sure that there are things we could do to crash Arena anyway. We'll just have to talk about that. We'll figure it out. (laughs) And most likely it wouldn't crash Arena. It would just (laughs) lead to Arena doing it incorrectly. And you're just being like, well, this isn't how it's supposed to work. Right. But, uh... But I think that's enough talking about Daybound and Nightbound. Yeah. Um, I think we did cover how it works. Yeah. Uh, it is basically just a re... Like, a, them redoing werewolves um, from previous sets. There is some cool stuff about it, like it making it so that all the werewolves are on the same sides of the card. Mm-hmm. Um, and letting you have werewolves enter as the backside sometimes. Like, those, those are some cool aspects. Right. I... I'm always a fan of less bookkeeping, though. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't like it when they keep making, uh, basically elements to the game that aren't just represented on the cards. You know, 
Uh, and so that, and mm-hmm. I also like so that it's frustrating to me also that they don't have the rules text on the cards. Um, it's fine, like the showcase versions that like just say daybound on one side and nightbound on the other. That's fine. That's the like showcase version of the card. It doesn't have the text on there. It's just supposed to look nice, so they like limit it just down to the keyword, right? Yeah. Uh, but the regular version. But of these the cards, reminder text for daybound on the regular version doesn't say how to transform the card. Right. That's that's just bonkers to me. I can't believe that they've de- they've decided to do that this way. Like, yeah, it seems incorrect. They make cards that transform that do not say on the card that it transforms. That's to me, that's wrong. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but, uh, to keep track of your daybound and nightbound stuff in, I think, as far as I can tell, it's, it's going to be like every pack of Innistrad. It, Midnight Hunt is going to have one of these day-night cards in it. It's just a, a token that has, says day on, on the front, or, well, on one side and what? night on the other side. What's up? Why are we saying there's one of these in every pack? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It says mini. I miss, I guess I missed overlooked that. I thought it said Innistrad Midnight Hunt booster packs have this helper card. Uh, nope, it says many of them do. Yeah, I think this is just gonna be, a, like, one of the tokens you can get. Sure. Uh, makes sense. I'm sorry. I've been... Like the Adventure Zone. I have been corrected. Uh, but there is this... Or your energy chamber. Day-night card. It just says day on one side has some... I don't know, I guess it's pretty cool artwork. Has some nice artwork. For daytime stuff. The day side has a wind farm oh, on it. <laughs> I see what you mean. Um, I thought that was weird. <laughs> Wonders of modern technology, though. Right. And it has the rules for uh, how you switch from day and night. And it does say transform all... Or it says, as it becomes day, transform all nightbound permanents. So, like, at least this day-night card has the, the text on there that says Explanation. transform. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the night side has stuff for about how it becomes day and that you got to transform things there too. So I think this is a pretty good helper card considering they've decided to go with the rules this way. Um, like I said, I'm not a fan of the rules. I'm not a fan of how they des- did the daybound nightbound cards. I just don't like double. Apparently neither are they. <laughs> Why is that? Did you see the header for the next section of this like rules explanation? This is the good part. Yeah. The next part is oh. the good part. The rest of this sucks. <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I think this is the, that's that's the bit where they mention that things transform, right? They're like, oh, here's the exciting part. Things transform. I'm like, yeah, you had all these rules text for how stuff works before you mentioned that things transform. I really think that they are overlooking that things transform with their double-faced cards. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, like you said, we've probably spent plenty of time on double-faced cards so far, well, no, nope. no, we haven't. We spent okay. enough time on daybound and nightbound cards. Right. We have some other transforming cards to talk uh, about. I, I like these. The next one's disturb. I, I like disturb. I think I, I, I've always been a big fan of disturb. <laughs> me too. Me too. But like, I still like. I am down with the sickness. One might say. I, I'm, I'm still not going to say that I like double face cards. I wish that they were not double face cards. But given that that double face cards is a thing, I think I like the disturb mechanic. It seems cool. Yeah, it seems neat. It's it's like um Unearth yeah. where like it gives like it's like flashback for creatures. Sure. But it's different because you're not getting the same creature. Mm-hmm. You're getting a tramp you get to cast the the creature, you play it, and disturb doesn't really affect it most of, as far as I can tell most of the time in general on the front side. And then once it's dead in your graveyard, 
you can cast it again for the disturb cost and then as far so far at least it seems all the cards that have disturbed the backside has this text on it that says it would be put in the graveyard from anywhere exile it instead yeah which that could just be the one so far have that text and there's some cool super powered reoccurring geist guy that doesn't have that text yeah i, I but, think um, in the in the document here he specifically says that the back faces have that text on them so i think that'll probably be all of them um is there uh as far as i is this only on creatures because as far as i can tell this would work on non-creature spells it would just be a different thing on the back um so i don't think the mechanic is limited to that but so far it appears to only be on creatures for a flavor reason okay because it's supposed to be like you're disturbing their remains i see I see. That makes sense. And you get, like, a ghost coming back, or a zombie, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't know that... it. From what I can see on the text, it doesn't look like the text is requires it to only be on creatures. It's, sure. As far as I could tell, though, it is only on creatures. Okay. Um, I'll skim through the spoilers we have so far, though, real quick, just to, just to check. Uh, you can if you like, but I think what you said makes sense. And I also wouldn't be surprised if the backside was not a creature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it you disturbed the remains and you got an enchantment out of it or something. Sure. Like, that would make sense, too. Or even too. just, like, I'm an instant. You'd be like, ah, oh, bam, this thing happened. Well, you know? yeah, that's true. Because the, the way it's worded, it says you cast this spell transformed. Mm-hmm. Not this spell enters the battlefield transformed or something. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense. I could see that happening. But I think, from a flavor standpoint, the front side would need to be a creature. Sure. Um, and the ones we have spoiled so far, it is a creature on both sides. Okay. But but yeah, for, from reading the text, it doesn't look like it has to be. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, that one seems pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's And you don't have... To, like, I was talking about how you play the creature, and then when it dies, you can do this. You don't have to have played the creature. However, it ends up in your graveyard. You can cast it for the disturb ability, right? But it, but you are casting it. It is a casting cost. Um, it's not like an activated ability or something like um, Eternalize or Embalm was. Yeah. So is this uh, if you have, I I know these things exist. I just can't think of an example. If you have a card that references alternative costs, Disturb is a is an alternative casting cost, right? Yeah. Or um, if something says uh. That you can cast cards from your graveyard by some way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Luris is still in... It's going to rotate when these come out, but it, you could play it in Historic or Modern or something sure. with these cards. If you have Luris in play, you can cast the... If this card has the a C, is the front side of the card's convert, convert mana cost or mana value, I guess now, yeah, is less than... Is two or less, you could cast it from your graveyard regular with Luris using the top fr- the front side, you don't have to cast it for the disturbed thing, or you can cast it for the disturbed cost, and it'll come back transformed if you paid the disturbed cost, not just if you cast it from the graveyard, you know? Yeah. Okay. So it's like, which cast cost you actually paid would affect sure. that. Like this, uh, the example here is Bait Hook Angler, say 2-1 for a blue and one, and he has disturbed for a blue and one, and just of interest, like, he, he comes back as a 1-2 with flying, uh, but the disturb cost and the casting cost are the same. So, if yeah. you decide to play him from the graveyard with Luris, you'd have to, you just have to identify tell which, your one, opponent which one you're doing. Which one you're doing. Uh, but it matters. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I think this one seems pretty neat. I think it'll be a really good limited card. Uh, probably not great for constructed just because the one two doesn't seem big enough. Sure. But in limited, the two mana two one seems fine, and then later you can bonus creature. Right. So. Yeah. That just of note. That's probably gonna be a great limited card. Yeah, seems good. Um, I think it's pretty low impact on both sides. Uh, but flyers are always good, and so having a basically this card is almost two cards worth of value um yeah i'm not sure the front face of it is worth an entire card wow hating on the bears huh no it's just i mean just goblin hikers yeah i mean it's probably good enough it's just i don't anyway i'm saying i'm not i'm not sure that both sides of this what I, i am sure that both sides of this card will be no, no, I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm saying I'm not sure that both sides of this together in add up to two full cards, you know? I think they do. I think you get almost two cards out of this. But almost two cards out of one card is still more than one very card. good value. That's more than you expect to get, you know? I, I'm mm-hmm. kind of thinking, like, each side of this card is about 75 More importantly, though, what is about to attack this guy? Is, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it looks like a shark mouth with like giant claws and several of them it looks like, a, like and a, it's got tentacles like, behind it like claws on the ends of tentacles and it's got several of them and it's like a shark mouth whatever monster this is please give us this magic card <laughs> i want to see this guy this seems like a real fun boy there's a terrifying creature behind this this poor angler um yeah he's about to get eight and I want that. He, he's about to get a bite from something big. Yeah, yeah, that's what the flavor text says. Yeah, uh, but I, I like the bait hook angler. I think it's cool. I like the disturb mechanic. Um, again, I'm still not big on double face cards. I want all of my magic cards to have a magic card back. But this, this is something that I think is cool. And this is the fisherman that they always talked about descending upon in in Estrad, right? That they seem to be referencing something about that here. Um, I don't know what that. I I don't get the reference, so I don't have a clue what they're talking. About. Uh, I think they're talking about in the picture. This guy's a fisherman, and he's about to get. No, eaten. no, I get that. I'm I'm saying what about the past of Innistrad had anything to do with descending on fishermen? Oh, that was just a me joke. Oh, that was a you joke. There's, that's not from this. Oh. I am joking about past Innistrad sets, but okay, but wh- that's not a joke they're trying to make. Well, they said, ah, a fisherman on Innistrad, sure to end well. I'm like, okay, clearly you're referencing something, but... Yeah, we're referencing different things. Oh, okay. They're referencing the picture and, the and like, the story of the set. I'm referencing the magic card Descend Upon the Sinful, where Wizards of the Coast mistranslated it and then spoiled the mistranslated version. Oh, what was and that? And it said Descend Upon the Fisherman. Oh, okay. And it was, like, had a bunch of angels coming out of the sky, and the text of the card was exile all creatures. It's just like, what? Descend upon the fisherman? Is this some kind of idiom in Portuguese that we don't know? And the Portuguese people were like, no, we don't know what they're talking about either. <laughs> oh, man. Because I... this was, you know, a while Are, are back. you sure they're not referencing that here? Like, that makes sense for their reference. Maybe. I think they're just talking about the fact that it's like a, a little fisherman on a plane full of monsters. Yeah. Seems kind of like an iffy proposition <laughs> of a job, you know? Sure. Like, I'm gonna go throw this hook out in here, the the river full of sea monsters. I don't know, man. I, I, I personally, I feel like you're, uh, 
not giving Matt Tayback enough credit here. I, I think I think he probably is making the same joke you are. Um, but you may, but I didn't get it. I had no idea. I did not know this. That happened. Yeah, no that that was kind of funny. And like I was just like I was pretty plugged in when Innistrad came out. Was well, that was Shadows over Innistrad that oh, that card came from. Okay, but, yeah, I was not not there for that. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, you're you're not into the um all the sets that are really uh Lovecraftian. So which is funny because I'm actually like super into Lovecraftian stuff. Um. Thing is, I I did not like Innistrad becoming the like mystery story set. Like it's supposed to be a horror story, not like a murder mystery. So I didn't want to deal with any of the investigate or anything. It wasn't a murder mystery. I don't know what kind of mystery it was. It was a mis- It was a Lovecraftian thing. Lovecraft doesn't have anything to do with investigation. It literally does. Like that's a major theme in Lovecraftian. Like no, it literally isn't. Um, I've read every story by Lovecraft. It's not a um, thing. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, themes? I, I don't know. It's just, like, it's, like, cultists uh-huh. who are trying to, like, raise the dark beings and stuff. Yeah. And, like, normie people call that are trying to investigate what is going on that are frequently called investigators. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, there's, like, cultists and stuff in Lovecraft, but... But, like, the, the normie not-clued-in people trying to figure out what's going on are a pretty common theme and people who are lovecraft may have never called them investigators but people talking about it and like later productions of products that are based on lovecraft stories and stuff frequently reference directly the investigators and stuff uh okay that's not something i ever ever got from it i think that's something that people like to add to it because they want to have a uh, a foil for the reader and be like here this person is is you the reader who don't who doesn't know this stuff and is learning it as we go um mm-hmm. but in lovecraft stuff it was almost always about someone who either was clued in or was just obliviously having shit happen to them that they didn't understand like they weren't investigating well the only story just... i know is call of cthulhu which is centered around a person investigating what's going on uh, and it's the most famous Lovecraft book, so suck it. Okay. The whole point of that story is a guy trying to figure out what happened. You know what? Why these people went insane. Actually, I'm I'm gonna gi- I'm gonna give this point to you. I think that the problem here is that pretty much every Lovecraftian reference in like all of all of media is referencing Call of Cthulhu, and like none of the other yeah. works. Like he wrote. Correct. Sounds thousands of pages, and the only thing anyone reads is Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, probably accurate. All right. Anyway, that's moving on. We've got a uh, coven, right? Yep. And coven is um, man, I don't like this. It's lame, I... right? Like, there's not anything as far as I can tell that's like prob- problematic with it. It's just really lame. No, it's just it seems really forced. Yep. And doesn't make any sense yep and uh it's just it i don't feel like it's flavorful i don't feel like it's interesting but let's tell the listeners what it is yeah and then we can complain about it some more let's Um, do that so it's an ability word that just signifies you having creatures that with three or more different powers on them and i mean and that does like literal powers on the 
power toughness line, right? Right. So these are creatures whose and that's powers all are it means. And it's not even always a triggered ability. It's not always an activated ability. It's some of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and Or it's on some spells like instants and sorceries where it's just like you get this bonus effect if you have done this, if you have the coven. Yeah. But it's just... And that's all fine. I don't really have a problem with ability words. They make it easier to explain to your opponent what the what you're doing in a game if they already know what that is. Right. Um, I do find ability words silly because they're just wizards nicknaming abilities that they're making. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fine, you know? But my, my only problem with it is just, like, why does a coven have three different powers? Yeah. I that's like, something I was thinking too. If you have like three, they're just trying. Did they want to make coven? And they're like, oh, let's do. If you have three or more creatures, and they're like, well, isn't that just battalion? And they're like, oh, we'll make them different creatures. Yeah, I, and it's like, well, like, like different. But what if we want to use the spell to manipulate like whether they have a coven or not? It gives something like, oh, well, we'll make them creatures with different stats. And so it's just like, you know... Yeah, I think this would have been better if it had been, like, three creatures with different names. You'd be like, hey... I think it would have been better if it's, like, was more similar to kinship or something, where it's, like, three creatures of the same creature type. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, maybe that's a little racist, but (laughs) this plane is historically racist. Magic is a little bit racist. (laughs) Yeah, but I just mean, this plane specifically is, like, one of the themes of this plane is everybody here is racist. (laughs) Really, though, uh... In my opinion, just fantasy uh, generally is a little bit racist. So that's true, and I do mean that in like fantasy races, like elves versus humans and humans yeah. versus werewolves and stuff. I don't think that the Innistrad planes are anything against people of different skin tones, right? And and when I say fantasy is a little bit racist, I mean I'm sure there are fantasy things that had that have something against BIPOC people. You know, but that's not what I mean. I just mean like the concept of races in fantasy is like just kind of racist. Yeah, um, it's it's a little less racist because it's like actual real distinctions, right? But like, <sighs> but yes, but like they're not different species because in fantasy they generally can interbreed and stuff. So like, that's they true. actually are races most of the time, and. Mm-hmm. And then the fantasy stuff always makes a big deal out of which one they are, you know? Yeah, and, like, they band together against the others and right. stuff and encourage that. It's kind of like... Yeah. And like that that was my joke about this plane, is, like, they're kind of like that a lot here, Yeah, you know? but, like, things like D&D, you'll have, like, oh, if you are an elf or whatever, then you have, like, bonuses against dwarves or something like that, you know? And <laughs> be like, that's... What? Elves are super racist. Yeah, elves are particularly racist in fantasy. Anyway, this is uh, this is a tangent. Um, I think we've covered how Coven works already, sort of. It's- yeah, Coven doesn't particularly racist. I was just saying, like, if they did a racist mechanic like kinship, I think it would make more sense for the Coven ability. Sure. This is just this is going to be uh, it's like you have a Coven of witches, or you would say like this co- like this Coven of people was banding together against the monsters and stuff. You know, right. like, that would make sense for the themes of the set. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the three different powers things mean. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Are they trying to say that, like, covens of witches are, like, an 
the like classic hag crone or or hag or crone with a like a matron and a lady you know like is that what they're going for because they didn't explain that at all in this document they put out yeah i don't know i really i think this is a bad one is it, it what it boils down to is you basically uh have coven or coven works if you have three creatures whose power as in their power toughness are different numbers right um and yeah that's kind of it it's not real complicated but or real interesting. Or interesting. Yeah, that's part of my problem with this. It's like, I don't know. I think if it had been like three different creatures or three creatures. I do with think Might of the Old Ways as a card is kind of interesting. It's target creatures plus you plus two till in a turn. And then if you have three or more creatures with different powers, draw a card. Like, because that gives you some like encouragement to give the plus two plus two to one of your two twos when you have more of. If you have two two twos and a four four. Like, it would encourage you to put it on the 2-2. Two, well, two. That would. Oh, no. 2-2s, <laughs> two or, my bad. If you have a 2-2, two, two, a 1-1, two, one, one, and a 3-3. Three, three. Three. Like, you have a 1-1, one, one, a 2-2, two, two, and a 3-3, three, three, mm-hmm. you, like, would want to put it on the 2-2 two, two, or the 3-3 three, three instead of the 1-1. One, one. Yeah. So you get to draw that card. Where, But frequently, you would want to put it on the 1-1 one, one so that the 1-1, one, one, if they're going to remove one of your creatures, they remove your small one. Yeah. You know? So, like, that could lead to some interesting gameplay. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting card just because it has... But that's because it's a card that modifies power right. and toughness. And, and, like, really... It has another ability that references power and toughness. Yeah, it's it's a card with two different abilities that both care about power and toughness, right? And so so it is interesting how it interacts with itself, right? Yeah. Um, but, but I don't think the Coven ability in general seems particularly interesting. Yeah, I don't really see how this references witches or anything like i i think as far as i can tell they're just going for three different creatures and they decided to decide which ones were different creatures based on whether or not they have the same power and i think this is just my speculation based on my understanding of how wizards design stuff i think that they're trying to like look for those design spaces they haven't played in before we're like ooh, uh we've we've talked we reference cards' names, we reference cards' types, we reference their subtypes, we reference their mana costs and stuff like that. We haven't spent much time making decisions based on what a card's power or toughness is. Well, actually, they have, but, you know, in, in this way, right? We haven't designed cards to make you want to have creatures with different powers and toughnesses as much. Right. And so I think that that's part of it. So like, ooh, here here's an area that we haven't spent a lot of time in. We can do do more different things with this. And they're also trying to pair that with this coven co- as a concept of having like three different things. Um, and I get that. I don't I don't think it's bad for for wizards to look for areas that have been overlooked and designed for those spaces. But I also feel like this is a space that players aren't interested in paying attention to. You know, it's it's just numbers. This is just like the math and bookkeeping part of magic. You know, I mean, like, and on top of that, it doesn't feel to me like it's very flavorfully representative. No, of the mechanic. I don't think it is the, either. The name they went with for this mechanic doesn't doesn't invoke that thing. Yeah, like disturb did. You know, like right. I felt like like oh cool, you're disturbing the remains and you're getting this thing. Right. Or like daybound and nightbound, whatever problems we have with it, it does. It's like, oh, they're humans during the day and werewolves at night. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that makes sense. Right. I, I 
Coven is really flat. Yeah, and like I think what you said, which I hadn't thought of, is probably the best explanation for how this works. Is you you've got the uh, the lady, the matron, and the the crone or whatever, right? And so that you yeah. have these three different witches in a coven. Um, that yeah, was like witches of different skill right. levels, you and know? that makes like, sense. Uh, but at the same time, even even with that, um, generally creatures with different powers like the uh, the flavor would be like this creature is like much bigger or tougher or whatever and and what you're saying i guess i can kind of see is like oh this one's a much more skilled witch or whatever but like humans are generally like one ones or two twos in magic right yeah and it's just if it was a more powerful witch it would have an activated ability or something on it that was more powerful right, right? and so like having if you had like your three witches being like a one one uh two one and a three one, just just to keep as much the same as possible. So that three one, I'm like, wh- is, what kind of like what is going on there? That's that is a big honking witch, you know? Yeah. And really, if that's what they were going for, they should have spoiled this with a coven card that was a witch. Yeah. Not a human knight. Sure. Yeah. On that on that count, I I have to assume that they did that because they. They wanted to be clear, like, hey, your coven can be a coven of anything. It doesn't have to be a coven of witches. Um, but, like... Yeah. It, But, but yeah, it does just mess up the flavor, right? Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't... This is not a flavorful ability, and it's not an interesting ability. If it was either one, I would be more on board with it. But it's... Mm-hmm. This, is, this ability does not make you think coven of witches, especially because it can be anything. Which is fine. Like, okay, I understand why you'd want it to be, but also, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a a coven. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, a coven would usually be... If it was, like, what if it's three creatures with the same power? Yeah. That would make more sense than three creatures with different powers? Mm -hmm. That Actually, yeah, that would be better, too. Like, it's just like, oh, so these not like-minded individuals are grouping together? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a coven? You know, it's, I just, I don't like this one. I don't, it's, it's fine as far as a mechanic of the game goes. It just seems boring and uninteresting and not representative of its name. Yeah, I also, I think this is something that, like, I had a similar problem to the party mechanic uh, that they were doing in whatever set. Like, I didn't have a problem with them doing Coven style effects in Strixhaven where they did that. Yeah. Because they didn't call it anything that was lame like this. They just and it wasn't it wasn't exactly this, but they had things that said like there was multiple cards in Strixhaven in the um uh was the Simic tool? Um Quandrix. Yeah. That said like for each creature with different powers you control do this or sure. draw a card for each creature with different powers you control, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like I didn't have a problem with them having this theme of different powered creatures. Mm-hmm. It's just like they didn't try to make it a core thing of the set. Yeah. And it like was interesting mechanically and because it, you're like, oh, I'm encouraged to put my plus one, plus one counters yeah, and it wasn't in like different places to adjust trying this. Trying to represent something flavorful, you know? Like it just was a thing. It is they just said a little bit. It was just trying to be like, look, Quandrix people are nerds who like numbers. I think was what they were going for. And so it's like, look, different numbers. Uh, but recently they had, like, the party mechanic, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Was that, like, is a corset or whatever? It's in the car rising. But... It's in the car rising? Okay. 
they had the party mechanic and like this is similar to where like i feel like they're encouraging party at least made sense thematically right but what i'm getting at is they're doing this like thing where they encourage you to have all these disparate pieces like some diversity in the like creatures you're playing i feel like that that just go it's it's counter to what magic players want to do and classic good deck building yeah and like this is this is going to be uh one of like my first principles of game design sort of thing which i think uh, i've basically just taken or or at least inspired heavily by mark rosewater who's like the head designer for magic right because i think he's basically said this before it might be where i get it from but is you it's something i think about like all of the games that i'm interested in and whether i think that they're making good decisions right is the the game designer is responsible for making the fun thing to do in the game the good thing to do in the game because if they make the fun if they they can make a fun thing to do but if this unfun thing is the good thing to do that's what players will do and then they will say this game is not fun you have to do this thing and then you as the designer can say oh no look if you do this other thing it's really fun but players won't do that they'll do the thing that wins you know yeah and so since in magic the the good thing to do is build your deck as consistently as possible um, you want to be playing as many of the same creature as you can. If you like, here's my good mm-hmm. creature. I want that as much of the time as I possibly can, you know? And when I can't have yeah. that, maybe I have this other one and maybe they have the same power, but if, even if they don't, that's just two. I'm, I'm not looking to have a whole bunch of different things. You know, I want to have yeah. as many of the same thing as I can. And so this is saying, Hey, we want to reward you for doing a thing that you don't want to do ever. <laughs> it's like it just seems like poor game design to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of this. Um, and like that's that's kind of how I felt about the party mechanic too, especially and that one had like what four or five different pieces. And like that was even more diversity that you had to had to try to get there. But but uh, I didn't like it when they spoiled it, but it was actually quite fun and. To play with. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe this will turn out better better than I think. But um. Yeah, I I just don't think uh, my real my real problem with it is the naming on it. I just don't think. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's great either. But I don't like the mechanic itself either. I just, it just doesn't seem good to me. It doesn't seem fun. And it doesn't seem interesting. I think that's all the new mechanics. Yeah, that's the right? new stuff. We've got uh we've got our our daybound nightbound werewolves. We've got disturbed cards and we've got coven uh but there's a couple of things coming back that people who have started playing recently won't have already been familiar with right yeah um one of which is investigate which is just like what i said i didn't like it's just a keyword that makes you make a particular kind of token and that token is an artifact that has pay two mana uh tap and sacrifice it i believe i'm actually i should look that up um, draw a card, and that that artifact is named Clue. Yeah, I actually like Clues. I was joking about not liking the Investigate stuff. I like Clues. I think they're they're just really nice to get as a bonus on things. Um, so far, I think the in the spoilers that we've seen thus far, uh, there's only one card that says Investigate on it. But I figured since it says Investigate, it doesn't just say to make a Clue token. Then we will probably see more Investigate stuff in the set. 
Yeah, I think that sounds accurate, and they did try to put some investigate-themed stuff in Modern Horizons. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to tap the clues. That is sometimes relevant. Okay. Actually, it's going to be relevant for this because of Galazeth Prismari. Um, but, the yeah, two mana sacrifice this artifact, draw a card is what a clue token is. Okay. And investigate makes a clue token. Sure. Um... Yeah, and they have this card, Secrets of the Key, that investigates or investigates twice. Mm-hmm. And, like, personally, I don't usually like stuff that makes me pay, basically, just to investigate. Like, I don't know, it can be good, depending on what you're do- doing, that's fine. But when you just, like, get a bonus on something, like, ah, here's this card that you would play, and also it investigates, having extra clues yeah. laying around is, like, super good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Thraven Inspector was a good card. It was a one-mana 1-2, one, which is mediocre at best, sure. but then also investigated when it entered the battlefield, and so that that was just good, you yeah. know? It's like one-mana create two permanents was sometimes relevant. One-mana 1-2s one, that like could block some aggressive creatures and then also draw you a card in the late game were good. Like, sure. it was just a good card, yeah. you know? And it's not fancy in any way. Right. Um, And then we've got Flashback, right? Yeah. Flashback is back. Yeah, um, I think that's so funny, though. So I'm pretty sure when they did it in Innistrad, they're like, we're never doing Flashback again. And then when Shadows of Innistrad came out, they're like, here's some more Flashback. Why would they say they're never doing Flashback? It's just like on the storm scale of powerful mechanics or something. Oh. And they're like... Okay. I mean, it is And pretty... they're like, oh, this is too good for standard. We're not doing this again. It is pretty strong, but I think that also comes down to card design for it, right? Like, yeah, like make the flashback cost more or put it on less powerful cards. Like, I don't like they want to make exciting cards. I get that. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but if they think flashback is too strong, it's a it's a ability that has lots That's of knobs they can balance. I think they figured that out is probably part of what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, think, you think the flashback cards in this set suck? Uh, I mean, like, relative to Snapcaster Mage, yes. <laughs> well, Snapcaster Mage is just kind of a broken card. <laughs> just like... And it doesn't even have flashback. Right. Um, but I'm just, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think they figured that out, and they made they made cards that are less good. Sure. They're not bad. They're just not as good as the ones in original Innistrad, you know? Yeah. Like, can't have Bump in the Night in Standard. Bump in the Night. All right. Have they reprinted it? I don't think so. <laughs> it's too good. Cards it's too good. I mean, it's, it's just better Lightning Bolt. No, it's better Lava Spike, okay? Different Lightning. Different. All right. Yeah. That's why it's a modern staple and Lava Spike's not, right? Is it's better Lava Spike? It's a different Lightning Bolt. It's your, it's your fourth, fifth, and sixth Lightning you see Bolt, in modern? Right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's your fifth, sixth, and seventh Lightning Bolt. I guess it can be your fourth lightning bolt, but why? Three three split, dog. Sure. Uh anyway, um I think that the the mechanics in this set are almost all basically returning I mean, stuff, right? It's like I mean we need to tell them what flashback is, right? Oh, yeah, have we not done that? Nope. Okay. Donovan, how does flashback work? Flashback is a mechanic they put on instants and sorceries that allows you to cast them from their graveyard by paying the flashback cost. Oh, it's Disturb. It's an alternative casting cost. Yes. It's like Disturb for instants and sorceries. Sure. But you don't get a transformed version of the instant or sorcery very often. You just get it Um, again. You get it again. But they do have stuff that's similar sometimes because some of them say 
that it does a different thing if you flashed it back or if you cast it from the graveyard. Sure. So. Sure. So we got like join the dance is a sorcery for a green and a white. And it says create two one one white human creature tokens. Then it has flashback for a white, a green, and three. Mm-hmm. And so they would make another two white, white human creature tokens. Yeah, exactly right. Yes, what? No, what? Just that's how flashback works. Uh, what I was saying though is like I think there's like we kind of ran through these things and spent more time complaining about them than we did explaining them. But I think there's almost nothing really new here because while. Disturb and Daybound, Nightbound are both new mechanics. Like, they're just variations on how Transform cards work, and we've done Transform before. Uh, Flashback and Investigate, we've just straight up done before. I guess Coven is new, but it's not complicated. Ish. It's sort of been done before. Like, it's got cards in Strixhaven that are similar. Right. So, so it's, it's not really anything groundbreaking right so like i feel like we have <laughs> i guess like i said we've, we've spent more time like complaining about this stuff than explaining it um but i don't really but don't worry there's next week when we're going back to talk about some of these cards i'm gonna be super hyped don't worry. <laughs> all right uh well what i say is like i don't think there's much more that we need to add to this dom and i think we've just kind of got an episode there is some stuff um i would like to mention some some evergreen mechanics that are showing up that are kind of uh, newish mm-hmm. that might be worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, like there's some ward cards mm-hmm. that that's a newish evergreen mechanic. Right. Um, that has ward and then some kind of cost. And to whenever that card becomes a target of a spell or ability and opponent controls, they have to pay that ward cost or else that spell or ability gets countered. Yeah. So that could be like a, a two. And they gotta pay two extra mana, or it could say something or, like pay ten life. Yeah, and you'd have to pay ten life to target that thing. Yeah. Or I guess you don't have to. You have to pay ten life if you want your spell that targets it to resolve. Right. Um that was the one I was thinking of, but I but I said couple because there was ones with like ward for mana and ward for life, and that's what I was thinking of. Sure. But was there anything else uh, like well, that? I mean like, there are there are a bunch of cards that say things like draw a card on them. Uh, uh-huh. we've seen that mechanic before. Um, um, Decayed, I guess, is a new mechanic. Oh, what is that? Maybe I um, maybe I missed that one. It's Decayed is a thing that they, as far as I can tell, it's just going to be on some zombie tokens. Hmm. But it's going to say that uh, it, that creature can't block, and if it attacks, you sacrifice it at the end of combat. Yeah, I. I, I don't that. know if that's going to be anywhere other than on tokens on on these two two zombie tokens. Do you think that might? Do you think that's specific to Jadar, Ghoulcaller of Nephalia, or do you think that there's other zombie things that are gonna reference Decade? Because I I'm kind of surprised that wasn't mentioned in the uh, Matt Tayback article. Um, I don't know. Um, I thought I had seen it before, but it, maybe it's just like no. There's also some on it's on Ghoulcaller's Harvest as well, which might. I'm not sure if that's a regular set card or a commander set card. But Looks I, like it must be a commander I believe because it's... it's not in the list here, I don't Well, I'm on Mythic Spoiler, and they're sometimes ahead of Wizard's Spoilers, because oh, yeah. Wizard, Wizard gives the people who have the right to spoil it a lot of lead time before they put it on their website. Right. So those people get that, that spoiling value. Sure. Um, Mythic Spoiler is just like, once it's confirmed, they put it up. Right. You know? Um... 
So I don't know if that's going to be a card, a mechanic that's going to be on any creature actual cards, mm -hmm. or if it's just going to be on two two zombie tokens. Because the only things I've seen with it so far, uh, oh, is hobbling zombie not, not in their thing? Nope. Hobbling zombie's another one. So yeah, it's on some other cards in the set, but it's only on zombie tokens. Okay. Like hobbling zombie makes a two two zombie token that's got decayed. Okay. So as far as I can tell, that's only going to be on these tokens. But that is further reason for us to explain it to people yeah. because they're not going to have it on their cards. Right. I mean, all the cards that I see that make decayed zombie tokens explain what decayed is. Sure. But sure, no, I uh, think we almost missed that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I didn't but, notice it at all. But yeah, decayed, I had seen it before, but I had forgotten. I guess decayed means uh, you've already said this, but uh, decayed means it can't block, and if it attacks, you sacrifice it. Right. At the end of combat, right. it gets to do its attack first. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. I know there's some scry in here, but I think that's been around long enough people understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was joking about the draw a card thing, actually, but I'm good that you brought this up because I totally missed the decay. There's a little bit of hexproof, um, which is interesting because uh, like people had said they thought that ward was kind of replacing hexproof. Um, and that seems to be the case most of the time, but there are multiple cards in this set that have hexproof. Or that reference hexproof. They don't have it, actually. Oh, what's this Aquilar ability? Just kidding. That appears to be a uh, Portuguese coven card. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, if it's Portuguese, who knows what that, that word means. It's probably something about fishermen. Right. Uh, I guess this is something for next week, really. But I, I do like the showcase lands for this set. Ah, they're pretty. And uh, they're prob so pretty. probably the other showcase cards I, I haven't. I don't think I've seen anything but the lands yet. But uh, you probably saw the tavern brawler. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I guess the tavern brawler does look cool. Um, I I like the more comic booky art, and the tavern brawler does kind of look comic booky. Um, yeah, and the the other showcase cards of that from that cycle are of similar theme. Yeah, I um, think they. If you, I think you'll really like brutal Cathar. Yeah. I think that they probably could have leaned a, a bit heavy. Well, I guess actually it's pretty... Yeah, I guess I like this. I just don't especially like the Tavern Ruffian, specifically. I think the um, Tavern Ruffian is a, is one of the more minimal showcase-y things. Yeah, know? I also just don't like the way the werewolf side of it looks. I think it looks kind of dumb. It's got a teeny bitty head. <laughs> but we'll probably get get more on that next week. Um, was, was there anything else that you feel like we should talk about before we wrap this one up, Donovan? No. I think the rest of the stuff that I really want to talk about for this set is going to be covered next week. I guess one thing I guess I want to mention, mm -hmm. not all the Daybound and Nightbound cards are actually werewolves. Okay. One of them is a Planeswalker who's a werewolf, but it doesn't say werewolf anywhere on the card. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, but I guess, like, this... It's hard to tell because sometimes what we record and, and what we end up publishing can be very different lengths. So I'm not 100%. This could end up being a, just a regular length episode. But if it does end up being a short one, um, don't worry. Next week will probably be like a three-hour episode. So Probably true. I Probably true. Sorry, bro. <laughs> no, it's all good. But I think that's that's probably all we got this week. Um, in the meantime, Donovan, if anybody has any questions for you about how Disturbed works with cards that change the casting cost of the card where can they find you you can find me at boardwalk games i'm pretty happy to explain that to you in north dallas selling cardboard most days of the week um i'm whether that cardboard is board games magic cards or sometimes even deck boxes sometimes. um 
shitty I, ones. I sell a lot of varieties of cardboard. Sure. Or big ones. Some of them are just big ones. Um, but anyways, you can also find me on Twitch at dday underscore 99 or on uh, the Twitters at day underscore Donovan. Wanted to underscore that. You can also find me on Twitter at engine within, or you could email the podcast. That's planeswalkerspod at gmail.com. And I also want to remind you to visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash planeswalkers, where you can support the show. You can join our monthly giveaways to get that, uh, uh, what's what's Cargo Bowman? Exquisite blood. Exquisite blood. Yeah, <laughs> you get that exquisite blood um, by joining us on Patreon. You get a chance to win it. I guess I can't promise everyone who joins an exquisite blood, <laughs> but you can get that exquisite blood by joining us on Patreon. Exactly. It may or may not be unlikely, and <laughs> but you can get it. And remember to. Uh, like our Facebook yeah. page or review us on Apple Podcasts for get a chance at those secret layer giveaways. Absolutely. And Duncan said also if you review him on any other podcast service because you can't do it on Apple Podcasts and then you email us at planeswalkerspod at gmail.com, I think. Mm-hmm. Is it at enginewithin.com? Uh, both actually work, but I stopped supporting enginewithin.com. I may get around to to overhauling that site at some so point. Planeswalkerspod at gmail.com. But b- both of the addresses will get to me. And tell him what what uh, podcast streaming service he used and give him a real good sob story about why you can't do it on iTunes. I mean, you don't have to and explain And he'll yourself. get you included in that giveaway. You actually... Well, I, you did say you could only do that if you can't do it on iTunes. So I was <laughs> saying, like, you gotta prove that. Well... I need receipts. My point was... That I want you to show me your email from Apple banning you from Apple Podcasts. My, no, my point, though, was just that uh, this is specifically targeted at getting people to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, but... App- because Apple Podcasts does a lot with pushing podcasts that have reviews, right. not because we particularly want you to listen on Apple. Right, and honestly, like, as far as I understand, like, Apple promotes podcasts with lots of reviews regardless of the quality it's like even if you leave us poor reviews that helps us not that i want you to do that please five star reviews only no that's not true any any review is fine uh, i mean please five star reviews only but i do want to earn them right uh but i also felt like you know people d- listen to us on other services and things like that and if for whatever reason you don't feel like you can do it on apple or I guess even if you're just like, what? I listen on uh, Stitcher. Stitcher. I should be allowed to review you on Stitcher instead. Like, okay, fine. If you do it, I'm just not promising to check anything but the Apple ones. You're going to have to let me know. If you do it somewhere other than Apple, that's really the only thing. You have to let me know. There are too many places that you could listen to our podcast. I don't want to promise that I'm going to know that you reviewed us on all of them. So that's why I've always found it funny whenever people are like, oh, I'd listen to you, but I use this. And I'm like, we're on that. Yeah, we're on like everything. <laughs> In fact, most of them you don't even have to submit your show to. Most of them just pull everything that's on like Stitcher or Apple or whatever and put it on theirs because they can just copy mm-hmm. the RSS feed. So mm-hmm. there are there are multiple places that I had to submit the show to. But most of the podcast things, they just have us because they have everyone. Mm hmm. Um, but the point being, I will check the Apple reviews. That's where we're, that's what we're promoting. 
If you leave it somewhere else, though, and you email the show, you will be entered to win this full-text lands foil edition secret layer. Ooh, perfect. Um, and because we spent um, so much time talking about it, I'll also go back and mention again, we spent so much time talking about the, the full-text lands, on Facebook, you can like our Facebook page and check out our survey to get yourself entered to win the Strixhaven Showcase Edition foil secret layer. Which there is a post up on our Facebook page with a link to the survey. Fantastic. So. I actually had wondered if I needed to, to shoot you the link over that because you found it on your own. I found a link to a survey that we've done. Hopefully it's the right one. <laughs> Alright. Fantastic. Um... Donovan, do you think there's anything else we, we need to mention? We're already in, like, the, the outro section of the show, but kind of no, digress. All right, cool. Well, then, until next time, I am the Keymaster. Are you the Gatekeeper? No. Later days. That's the stuff right there. When you get home from a hard day at work, all you want, all you need, is a cold, delicious brew. You don't want to worry about the ingredients or the provenance of your drink. You just want the smooth taste of a small batch Bog Brew. Now available at your local Swindler Corner store, Bog Brew is handcrafted in single cauldron batches. Bog Brew is perfect for nocturnal feeders spending a lonely evening at home. Professor, do not include Bog Brew, do not equally advise you to add Professor to your beverage. Please drink responsibly. I guess what I need to do is get it set up in some way that's better. The reason why I talk about it every time is probably because, like, it's always awkward or weird or there's something wrong. And so I'm like, well, this is the reason why it's like, you know. Because you're awkward and weird? And there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Um, Moving on, (laughs) we've got. Hey! What are you eating? Hold on. While Duncan can't hear me, I'm going to reference for you listeners. This is why Duncan's wrangling his children. They're in his room eating random objects. I, I feel like this is kind of a tangent, I suppose, but I get the same thought process when I when there's games like... I don't know, they're very popular. People like them, so I, I don't mean to disparage them that much. But like, say Minecraft, like, oh, what's the point of this game? Whatever you want. You make your own fun. And I'm like, no. That's your job as a game designer. You make the fun. I will experience the fun. I just want to come to the game and have the fun. You make some fun for me. So, I don't know. No. Later days. Good, because that's kind of a silly sex joke. Yeah. (laughs) I know you weren't talking to me, but I am the only one here, so it was super awkward for me. Well, that's my goal. Just to make you feel awkward. No, I felt like you were awkward. Oh, no, I'm always awkward. I didn't feel awkward. awkward. I don't know. That's that's not a that's not a git. I'm awkward all the time.